Last week we finished the liturgical year with the Feast of Christ the King. We celebrated Jesus as the Lord over all creation, yeah? The one who has ultimate spiritual authority. Now, usually earthly kings, they are out of reach of the ordinary person, fair to say. They, they govern from afar. But last week's readings revealed to us uh, a king, King Jesus, who operates very differently to earthly kings. Yeah, Remember the images we had last week in the readings? The image of the shepherd? A king who uh, comes very close and shepherds his people, protects them, leads them, nurtures them. That's the kind of king Jesus is, a king that comes close, a king that knows the smell of his sheep. And then in the gospel last week, remember Jesus said, whenever you serve the least of my people, you did it to me. Here's a king, once again, who identifies with his people. You did it to them, you did it to me. The language in God's word to us last week was highly incarnational. Yeah. Yes, God is almighty. He is beyond us. He does govern the spiritual kingdom. But at the same time, he has also become one of us and one with us. That's what the word incarnation means, yeah? And that's what we're about to celebrate at Christmas. A God who is Emmanuel. Yes, he is almighty. Yes, he is king. But he is also Emmanuel with us. One of us. The incarnation is central to our faith as Christians. Without Emmanuel, our faith has no basis, no power, no hope. We all probably believe in the incarnation to some degree, but we don't always live as if it's true. The truth is that often we seem to live as if God is not here with us, but God is up in the clouds somewhere, yeah? I've got another simple illustration, which I hope is helpful for you. I want to talk a little bit about this God in the clouds worldview. When we've got this kind of image of God operating, which is often a little bit unconscious in the background, uh, here's what we tend to believe about God, that God is out there, yeah? He's like... I'm in, my, I'm in the world here and God's out there somewhere. And um, he's a bit disinterested, if I'm going to be really honest with myself. He's distant. He's perhaps even a bit demanding. He's up there kind of watching, judging. We might also believe that God will come again one day. He's out there and one day he'll come, yeah? And... It's important that we recognise that whatever we believe about God profoundly shapes the way that we live, yeah? So when we're in this worldview, what we, what we might sort of, the way that we try and navigate life would be something like this, that life is up to me. 
I'm in this alone. With this worldview, we tend to feel deeply insecure. It can find it hard to trust others, hard to trust God, because I'm, I'm here, I've got it, I'm on my own, yeah? We tend to take control because we're on our own, right? So I need to go after my security. I need to go after my happiness, which tends to, of course, cause us stress and, and anxiety and worry. And, and because life is up to me, um, because I need to go and you know, find my security and happiness, we, we, we tend to try and accumulate more and more, more titles, more experiences, more possessions. And the word we give to that kind of behaviour, that kind of heart, is gluttony. We just need to fill ourselves with more and more and more. It's never enough. And of course, by virtue of that, we become hyper-focused on ourselves. Yeah, because it's never enough. We always need more. Because God is up there, because God is somewhat distant and demanding, we can also tend to be quite distant and demanding towards others. We can become quite judgmental when we're operating in this world. I want to contrast this with the incarnational worldview. Yeah? A worldview where we really believe that God is with us. God is in the world. God is in my heart. God is in each person. God is in and through all of his creation. When we're operating in that world, what we tend to believe about God is is he's here. He's close, even in the messy parts of my life. Just like he came to the, the mess of the stable at Bethlehem, he's in the mess of my life. He's here. He's interested. He's close. He's compassionate. He's caring. What we also believe in this worldview is that God has already saved us. That yes, God will come again, but He's already saved us. And He's constantly coming towards me. This way of seeing God again profoundly shapes the way that we live. In this world, we tend to see life as a partnership. We can rely on God, and so we look to God because God is faithful. Yeah, it's, we don't have to rely on ourselves. We can do this life with God. Rather than trying to take control, we wait on God's lead. We trust that God's will is always best, right? So we're patient. We don't have to snatch after things. We, this is, I'm working this with God. Rather than needing to accumulate more and more, we tend to be uh, conscious of our gratitude for what we have. It's like a, a sense of awe when we realise, oh my God, all that God has given me, all these beautiful gifts and experiences and abilities and opportunities. And it's, it's like this profound gratitude and this desire to want to actually enjoy what God has given me rather than always looking to the next thing. I can be present. It's like, whoa. 
And because we're full, yeah, because we're, we're conscious of all that God has given us, our focus tends to be more on others in this world, right? We also recognise that God is in others. And so there's a benefit in focusing on others. Because that's where we find God. And, and because we've experienced the compassion of God who's come close to us, we tend to also be more compassionate towards others. Now, we might believe in the incarnational worldview, right? Intellectually, we might believe it. That's our faith. But the truth is, we often live as if God is in the clouds, yeah? Is that fair to say? A parishioner was telling me this week that his neighbour, who's very, very rich, um, said to him recently, I don't know how you believe in that God in the clouds. Well, we don't believe in the God in the clouds. We don't. That's not the Christian view of God. That's not the Christian understanding of God. Unfortunately, us Christians often live as if we believe that God is in the clouds, yeah? Our lives don't always suggest that God is close, that God is interested, that God is reliable. And so over these next four weeks, during this preparation time of Advent, during our homilies, we're going to be reflecting on why we should embrace more of this incarnational worldview and how, how we can live as if God really is with us. Yeah? Now, today I want to focus particularly on the how and, and, and on two words that Jesus repeats three times today in this short gospel. Two words. Did you pick them up? Three times he repeated them. He's given his disciples this short parable, yeah, about a man who, who, who goes off travelling. Uh, but before he goes, he, he, um, he gathers his servants and, and he says to the doorkeeper, right, you must, you must stay awake, right? You must stay awake. All the other servants could sleep. Right? They had other duties, but the doorkeeper, it was his job to remain awake until the master came back because he would welcome the master and, I don't know, maybe get him some food or whatever. Right? You must stay awake. And Jesus turns to his disciples, and he would also turn to each one of us today. And he says, if you want to be ready for the coming of God, if, and if you want to be present to the God who is already here, you too need to stay awake. You need to stay awake. That's my uh, focus for today. They're, they're the words I want you to sort of um, chew over over this coming week. Now, when Jesus talks about staying awake, of course he's not talking about physically remaining awake. Yeah, He's talking about spiritual alertness. Yeah, Difficult to explain. We, it's only when we start to become spiritually alert that we actually know what Jesus is talking about, yeah? But, but I want to suggest today that it has something to do with growing in our heart consciousness of God. I'm going to try and explain that, right? I'm going to give you another very simple contrast now between head consciousness and heart consciousness, right? Because I think this really sort of will help us to emphasise what, what, what Jesus is getting at when he says stay away. Right, here we go. Another, 
My illustrations are so basic, I know, I know, I know. I need to do some classes or something. All right. When we're operating in our head consciousness, we tend to be more rational, yeah, more logical. Uh, heart consciousness, more empathetic. It's like an emotional, we, we connect to our emotion. To our, it's more intuitive, yeah? Head, uh, we have lots of ideas about God. We learn about God. We might know the scriptures back to forward. We know the catechism. Uh, but, but in the heart, it's, 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 we rely more on encountering God, his presence, the way that he's been working in our lives, yeah? Uh, head, um, God can become a category, yeah? I have work, family, this, that, and God, right? Category. Whereas in the heart, it's like God's, God's the centre. God's the core of my life. Yeah, everything, I see everything through the lens of God. Head, uh, we tend to have appointments with God. Right? I've got my prayer time here, here, I've got mass. Yep, that's God time, that's God time. The rest is my time, right? Uh, in the heart, it doesn't operate that way. It's, it's like... Once our heart has started to connect with God, it's like it, it's always yearning. It's always desiring God. Yeah, it's this constant. You know, um, St. Paul says, pray without ceasing. You know, St. Paul doesn't mean get on your knees 24-7, but it's like establish that heart connection that just happens. And, 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 and it actually happens without even being conscious of it often. Yeah. In our head connection with God... Um, our relationship can often be a bit of a duty. I need to do this for God. I need to do that. Whereas the heart becomes a desire. Okay, you, you get something of the distinction. Now, why is Jesus stressing the importance of heart consciousness, heart connection? Well, very simple answer. Because everything we need is found there. Remember the image Jesus gave us about the vine and the branches? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit, right? You'll bear much fruit. But if you don't, you will not be able to do anything, anything truly worthwhile, yeah? This abiding, when Jesus says abide in me, I think what he's saying is like connect your heart with me. He's talking about heart consciousness, that's what Jesus is talking about too when he says stay awake. Develop this, this heart consciousness, this heart abiding. Our, 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 this is important. We don't throw this out, right? But there is a certain knowledge, there is a certain experience of God that can only be accessed by the heart, yeah, by staying awake. The more that we grow in our heart connection with God, the more aware of God we will become. Yeah? God will start showing up everywhere. And, and, the, and, and, the, and the more we'll start to experience intimacy with God, the closeness of God. And, and, and the more we experience God's closeness, the more we open up to that, the more he will heal us, the more that he will lead us, the more that he will bestow his wisdom upon us, the more that we will discover our purpose. It all happens. It's all found in the abiding. 
Yeah? I want to suggest that this is salvation. This is salvation. Having a constant heart connection with God. Salvation is not a place that we get to one day. It's a relationship. Yeah? It happens as we stay awake, as we abide in God. So this Advent, if you want to embrace more fully this incarnational worldview, the invitation for you over these weeks in particular is to stay awake. Stay awake. Yeah? I want to offer you two very simple ways you can do it. How do you grow in this heart consciousness? Firstly, pray for the Holy Spirit constantly. Yeah? Did you notice that the disciples, the closest followers of Jesus, they did not become heart conscious until when? Until Pentecost, yeah? Only the Spirit can awaken our hearts to God. That's, only the Spirit can do that. So we've got to keep praying for the Spirit, yeah? Every day, come Holy Spirit. And put yourself in Holy Spirit environments. Come, um, when we offer prayer ministry after Mass, go to a prayer team. Ask them to pray for the Holy Spirit. Come to an Alpha course. Come to a worship night. We've got lots of Holy Spirit uh, opportunities and environments here at St. Ben's, yeah? So pray for the Holy Spirit. Secondly, practice praying from the heart, Yeah? Often we pray from here, don't we? We say lots of words, we think of lots of things, but pray, practice praying from the heart. Let's do it now, 30 seconds, yeah? I want to encourage you, if you feel safe enough, just to close your eyes. And, and, and just try and become conscious of your heart, that place deep within you, your, your deepest centre, your deepest core, your deepest truth. Just, just become present to that place and from there welcome God's presence just you might imagine yourself you might imagine the love of God just being poured into your heart into that deepest part of you just welcome it you might even even feel it somewhere in your body welcome God Allow God to be with you, to love you, to heal you, to forgive you. All right, that's it. That's it. That's a very simple experience of praying from the heart. And if you do it consistently, over time, what you find is that it happens without you even thinking about it. You might be driving along sometimes and you just realise, oh my God, there's something like, there's this connection going on. Yeah? Yet you're praying unceasingly. God does everything in our spiritual life. Everything. Our main job is to stay awake. To develop and to deepen in our heart consciousness and our heart connection with our God. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.